0: Welcome back to the evolution pod club. I'm your host, Jackie Seiden. So let's check in with the people. Where are you? How are you seeing your life? Are you able to look at your life and see the perfection in all the areas of your life? Or are you still seeing some as working out well and others as maybe lacking in some areas, not where you want them to be necessarily? Where are you? Where are you? What I would venture to guess is that Most people are kind of a combination. There are things in your life that you really feel like are working. You've got strong, empowering beliefs, which is what that is showing you. They're in those areas. And then other areas, which you feel are not where you want them to be, are just showing you where your beliefs are, right? They're showing you how you are perceiving yourself and your reality. And that is all just a reflection. Your entire life, as you see it, is a reflection of your perception of yourself and your reality.
1: Right. Good. So what we want to talk about today is the basics of all this. In 2013, November 15th, I was meditating and then I heard the word, right, right, right. I get up, go to my computer. I type the first words. In fact, it was three pages in about half an hour and didn't know what it was and turned out to be the introduction to the first book, A Perception of Reality. The first words are, everything is right, period. There is no wrong anywhere in the universe. Anything that appears to be wrong is coming from a limited perspective. From the higher perspective, whether that's the perspective of non-physical or after a bit of time, everything is always, always right. That's the beginning and the end of the teachings of Joshua, (laughs) right? So here we are living in duality, where we as humans believe that some things are right and some things are wrong. Now, if you can imagine, there's gotta be someone who existed who believed everything was wrong every minute of their life, right? Mm. So that would be hell, right? Right. And so we don't perceive everything is wrong. We say some things are wrong, some things are right. We're on this evolution from wrong to right, from fear to love, right? The law of attraction is bringing us to the perception of ourselves and reality as everything is right, that's love. So we're coming from fear to love. So we're bringing, we're, we're being drawn kicking and screaming through many lifetimes to the ultimate perception that hold on. What if everything is right? Holy shit. What mm-hmm. does that mean? What do you mean? Does that mean is that nothing is wrong, that no one goes to hell, that no, there are no bad people, that there is no bad thing, you know? Yeah. And that is this journey that we're on. So wherever you are is where you are, but it comes from this basic illusion That you're the victim to your reality, which means that you perceive that outside conditions can make you feel something. So if the conditions are good, you feel good. If they're bad, you feel bad, right? You think the conditions. But what's happening is your perception of those conditions are either true or false. If you have a true perception of reality, meaning it's good, based in love, you feel good. If you have a false perception of reality, thinking something's wrong, you feel bad. Because the thing you think is wrong is actually for fear. If you didn't have fear, you could not feel bad. It'd be impossible. So fear makes you feel bad. So whatever it is you fear, you try to avoid it. Or if you encounter it, you feel a negative emotion because you fear it. The fear is the illusion. There is nothing to fear, not even death. But we all think there's everything to fear. And so what Joshua said recently is we have this core limiting belief that we're not the creators of reality. And this is necessary we have to have that limiting belief because that spurs us on this journey to discover who we are
0: that's how we can perceive the illusion as real in physical reality by believing that we're not the creator by believing that we are victims to everyone and everything and that's how we've been going through life since the beginning of time and you know this because you're in traffic someone cuts you off that puts you in a bad mood. You blame that guy. You're in a relationship. The person says something makes you, quote, feel bad. It's their fault. You were having a good day until that person said that thing and made you feel bad. So we've always been looking to the conditions to dictate how we feel and blaming and then, everything around us.
1: And then reacting, or, or I should say overreacting.
0: Right. It's an overreaction because we are reacting due to fear that's come up based in a limiting belief. That is false. And so the fear is irrational. All the fear is irrational, which is why when you say overreacting, it's not pejorative. It's just emphasizing that all of the fear and all of its many disguises, anger, frustration, annoyance, boredom, those are all, they're all false. They're all untrue. They're all inauthentic. It is part of this illusion. And so therefore the fear is irrational.
1: Yeah. So if you're irrational means the subject of your fear can't kill you. That's just Joshua's way of saying, just look at the fear and analyze it. Is it, is it really gonna kill you? you know, and weirdly, I mean, even
0: if it could kill you, if you had all the information and you really understood that you're the creator and had the complete zoomed out perspective, you'd say, oh, no big deal. I'll go ahead and die. I know I'm not going to lose any connection with any people in my life. Could never. We're eternally linked, including everything in my life. I'm eternally linked to it. Can't lose anyone or anything. I'll just pop back into another life. No big deal. Like we see another day. Yeah. We say, oh, we're having a bad day. Tomorrow's another day. You could just say, oh, this life, I'm going to go jump off a cliff and see how fun that would be (laughs) to fly. And I'll come back when I feel like it so even it's it's all irrational, however, yes, Joshua will grant us humans yeah the the kind <laughs> to say yes you we if there is as Joshua says, a lion in your living room, you have cause to be afraid, and that we'll call that rational
1: right yeah <laughs> the, the funny thing is we never we never know anything, so we don't know that we're going to live eternally after we die, right we can't right. know it we just can believe it but that's true of everything we know. We don't really know anything. We know how to do things. We know how, but we don't actually know the fundamentals of anything or the entirety of anything. So we have to act on this faith. So you could say, well, that's risky to act on this faith that there is nothing to fear. There is no wrong because you can't protect yourself from that. But if you look at your life and you say, every time I tried to control something, it never worked. Right. And I don't know what would have happened had I not tried to control it. So you don't get to see what the outcome would have been. Right. But if you start acting on more inspiration, you get this amazing confidence that, yeah, it doesn't matter. Everything's everything is working out, you know, and okay. Yeah. So here we go to another thing. So this is a thing that, that. I like to call that the,
0: evidence, by the way, there's right. always evidence.
1: Yes. The evidence and you can find yes. evidence, right? Yes. But then we go on to another level where Joshua says what you think you want is based in lack. If you think you want a million dollars, it's only because you don't have a million dollars. If you had a million dollars, then you wouldn't want a million dollars. You'd want $2 million or $5 or whatever it is. And that's based in this limited perspective of yourself. So all your human made desires are based in really fear and limitation. It's trying to get out of your, what you think is limitation
0: the things you think you want, you want them because you think they'll make you feel a certain way that you don't currently feel. You think they'll make you feel better, happier, which basically translates to there are things in your life that you don't feel great about, or you are feeling the lack. You are feeling the not having of something. And you think that the having of it will fill that void, will complete you, will make you feel whole, will make you feel good. Oh, once that thing happens, then I will feel better. Yes. The truth is finding the wholeness, the completion in the moment and seeing that you actually have everything you need in this moment to be on this journey we call yeah. self-discovery.
1: And that sounds crazy because anyone would say, yeah, if I had a million dollars, I'd feel better. But the million dollars was only your goal, right? Mm-hmm. You'd have to effort and struggle and you'd waste 40 years trying to get it. So if we can put aside these things we think we want and then realize what we truly want, which is all our pre-birth intentions. So that sounds a lot of, uh, you know, really, you know, woo-woo out there, your pre-birth intentions. Well, if, if you look at this life from that perspective, why did you come into this life? Well, you came in to more clearly understand who you are and to understand what love is. To understand who you are more clearly, you have to forget who you are. And you have to have the illusion that you're not who you are, this eternal magnificent, limitless being of love. You have to pretend you're a victim. But as you move along your life with these pre-birth intentions to discover who you are, you have inspiration, you have these passions and interests, you have these talents and attributes, and you have all this stuff that you fear, but as you push past that fear, you discover more about yourself and it leads you along this journey. That journey of your life happens to be perfect for you, which is funny because we're always comparing ourselves to other people. Mm -hmm. But you'll come to this point if you do this work long enough where you, you get there and you say, oh, my God, all this thing that I thought was wrong was actually perfect because it led me step by step to where I am now. And at this point now, I have access to all this information. I'm looking at life from a higher perspective. I'm feeling better. I'm expressing more love. I'm having all these experiences of joy. I'm meeting new people. I'm seeing myself in this higher perspective and I'm getting a reflection of this new perspective in my reality. So all these great things are coming, but they may not correlate with what this ideal that you had in your mind because that ideal was manifested from a limited perspective. So, so then you have to give up this ideal and say, I'm just going to go with the flow of what's going on. And I'm going to, I'm going to endeavor to look at every situation with, Faith that it's working out, that I can't see how it's working out, but knowing that it's moving me towards this greater evolution, which is what I intended prior to my birth, is the reason I'm here. So now you have this totally different mindset in living this new approach to life where all the stuff you thought was good by society standards, like having a nine to five job and having a family and having all these bills and this house and the car and all that stuff, you can let that go a bit. I mean, you a still have it. it, right? Right but it's not so important anymore. And you say, this biggest fear that we have is this fear of loss. But in order to really understand who we are, we have to sort of move through all these fears. So if I can give up my attachment to all these things I think I need or have or want to have in my life and just go with the flow of what is happening, focus on you know, the day, then I notice how much better I feel and how much more fun I have and how much more interesting things are. And how much I'm more inspiration I'm receiving, and I'm more directed towards things that are that I'm passionate about, and I give up all these stupid little fears, like the fear of the government and the fear of what everyone else is doing and the fear of what people think and all this stuff, and worry about the future and anxiety and regret and resentment about the past. My God, if you just drop that ten percent, you elevate your whole life in every yes. way.
0: It yeah. feels easier, lighter, more enjoyable. It's funny in your life you can absolutely, you have a choice of your perception, which is your free will. You can do this with everything. You mentioned politics, social media. I'm gonna use social media as an example. So social media is a place that I call it a trigger factory. You can go, you could do emotional cutting there, all sorts of fun fear stuff there. You can really look sideways and really get into the nitty gritty while you're just scrolling along. So, So some people, social media can be a very activating place. it used to be for me and i thought this is not fun i'm not having a good time but i do believe in the connection and i do love seeing old friends and you know i'm all about connection this year that's my whole word of the year and i changed social media by starting to find things that made me smile starting to find things i enjoy i started looking at reels of dancing and of beautiful nature videos and of crazy cool things that I've never seen people do and can't believe that people can do. And here I am having the best time. And so it was just a shift. And now social media is a very fun place where it used to be a trigger factory. And you can kind of do that with your thoughts in every aspect of your life. It's just, where are you putting your focus? What are you Putting in the foreground as a part of your daily life—that's
1: such a good point because the algorithm of social media and YouTube is it's going to give you more of what you're paying attention to.
0: Yes, which right? is law of attraction, right?
1: Yeah, that's the algorithm. I mean, obviously, it makes sense if people are paying attention to you know they want more politics or they want more COVID information or they want you know videos of kittens, they're going to get more of these things. Yeah, because the the algorithm assumes that you're only paying attention to stuff you like.
0: Right, you know? right. And that's
1: the algorithm of the law you of attraction.
0: And it's a point of, this is the perfect example of law of attraction because yeah, if you're looking at the, something that you are obsessing with, let's say the clickbait, for example, I'm just gonna use clickbait as an overall, so I'm not judging anyone for anything. Then you're gonna get more of that clickbait that gets you going because you it's just gonna bring you more of what you're focusing on. What a perfect, you're right, the algorithm. And there you there we, go. So it's it's that perspective but in every part of your life, in the money, in the relationships, in the house, in the work, right? Everything. Where are you putting so, your focus?
1: So if we just drop this way down to basics. Yes. If you really think about this, all we're doing is feeling something. And the only thing that matters is how we feel. So you can so would you prefer to feel good or bad, right? Good. So we want to feel good. So feeling good comes from this perception of your life. Is your life good or is it bad overall? And then you go into every little area of your life. Is that area good or is it going bad? Right. And it's always how you set it up to perceive it. So someone could have two identical, you could have two identical lives. One person perceives their life full of you know, abundance and freedom and gratitude and appreciation. And the other person sees it as lacking and this and that and the other thing and limited. It's only a perception of reality. Now, that is so unsatisfying to hear that. In fact, when I was typing that book out, it was like, you're not going to come here and just tell me that's how we choose to perceive things is how it is. Right. Right. Yeah. I want to see actual change. I want more money. I want more freedom. I want more all this. Stuff, that is right? the
0: change. I have marble <laughs> countertops. Okay. And I was very nervous about marble countertops because I like things to be pristine and perfect. And now they're all marked up. And to someone who looks at them, they see a patina, well, not patina, that's metal, right? But they see it worn oh, in. Patina, and it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good term. Yeah. See a patina lived in and it looks rich and beautiful. And to someone else, to my old self, it looked just imperfect, but I see now that it's just up to me. It's up to me. It's my perception of reality. I can either perceive it as imperfect or I could perceive it as patina and beautiful. Boom. Right.
1: Well, there's an example in the book. You're walking through your house and you see a sock on the floor. So you can think these damn kids, this family doesn't care about me at all. They don't care about me at all. They're just leaving their clothes everywhere. Or you could think, Oh my God, the sock on the floor means I have a family. I have Mm. people to take care of, right?
0: I remember. Two (laughs) ways
1: of looking at it. That's right. One way you will feel bad because that's the illusion. So your inner self is sending you a message saying, hold on here. You are looking at this from a limited perspective and it is not true. You're buying into the illusion. The truth is you have what you want. You have this family. And the proof is there's a sock on the floor. And if you didn't have a family, there'd be no sock on the floor. You'd be by yourself. and
0: you know it's the illusion if you're feeling the separation right so you see the sock no one is respecting me you can catch yourself if there's a separation going on in your mind then you know that you are in the illusion and I just wanted to clarify too that again because we're going back to the basics this is not talking about Pollyanna we're not talking about spinning positive just to now that is valuable to see the glasses half full sure but we're talking about a feeling. So you can say something is positive and see the good in something, but if you don't feel it, the shift hasn't happened. So for example, if I look at that, if the Island and I say, I see that it's patina, but I still feel <laughs> the imperfection, you can't trick the system, which is okay. But I'm just saying to be aware that the Pollyanna feels like a cover. Yeah. All right, I want to
1: dive deeper in that. Yeah. So all the kids in the family around the the uh, island everyone's laughing eating cake dripping stuff having cereal whatever it is and you see the patina and you go this is great <laughs> then you that night you clean everything up and you have like important people over for dinner and you want to impress them <laughs> yeah <laughs> right know? okay now you are laser focused on every flaw in that thing where where you have no idea what they're looking at right Yeah. So you're making it up anyway,
0: but I know where you're going with this too. But what's interesting going with this is that this is just showing me, it's just a mirror. What beliefs do I have about myself and the people that are coming later that I need them to see me a certain way, or I feel they're going to judge me. That is just showing me that I have a limiting belief or I'm not seeing myself. In the truth of me, the perfection that everything is right. I am whole. I'm worthy. I'm seeing myself as unworthy, needing acceptance or whatever the case may be.
1: Now let's go on with that. Okay. So now you're really worried about what they think. Yeah. In your mind, they're important, right? You really want to make a good impression. So you're inauthentic. You're not being who you are.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You're trying to control how they perceive you. So you're acting in fear. You you have an attachment to an outcome, which is even more control, right? And so you now you disconnect yourself up from your inner self and from all the inspiration and the authenticity that's you and the fun and the flow to have the most wonderful evening. You also will tend to pick up facial signs or phrases that they may say that you interpret As if they're negative through that lens, (laughs) through that lens, that perception of that night.
0: Right. As opposed to, and listen, we always have a little of that. So that's just a little static in your flow, right? With the inspiration. But if you just let it go, it's patina. I have a family. They get it. Who cares? We're here to have a good time. Whatever the night ends up being, I know is right. Doesn't matter if everyone leaves thinking it's terrible. It has nothing to do with me. And have fun that you open yourself up to get the inspired ideas to say the funny story, to have the funny idea to open that bottle of wine or do the thing that this person would connect to. And then they say those little comments and you see it through a different lens, you see it through a humorous lens or a connecting lens and it changes your whole experience.
1: Yeah. So how do you switch that so let's, let's take two examples. The same people are coming over. Let's just say it's the president, and the first lady, whoever happens. To be okay. Here, right. <laughs> so they're coming over now. Now let's say that you had this desire to become an ambassador and they're okay. going to come over and you and you really want to be an ambassador of Spain. So everything's on the line because you think if you get ambassador of Spain, then you're going to be, have the status and seen as worthy from all these people and have, all, and then that could open up all these other doors. And, you know, you see this sort of thing happening all the time.
0: Ambassador Spain, of course.
1: Right? Yes. (laughs) And so now they come. Now you're really worried about every little thing. And and this night has to go perfect or you're not going to get what you think you want. But what if being ambassador of Spain isn't going to promote your journey of self-discovery? It's just going to be a distraction and you can't get it, (laughs) right? Yeah. Okay. so that whole night now, it's just going to be this whole thing of you being in this inauthentic version of you. And so the, the pureness that, and the fun and the vitality that's Jackie is never coming out. It's going to be this inauthentic version of Jackie and that inauthentic version of Jackie is never going to impress anybody. right?
0: No, yes, right. she will. I have this, I want to keep going with this. I'm going to take it to another level. That's I'm another level. <laughs> so five. Okay. So that night, that night i do not become the ambassador of spain and it's this huge manifestation event for me meaning it's an event that brings out negative feelings and i end up meeting the president and the first lady and something else comes of that dinner and even though it's the most devastating night of my life that desire to be the ambassador led to this dinner which then led to something, led to something, led to something that I can't even know. But five years down the line, looking back, I say, oh my God, I can't even believe it all was leading me here. I was never, of course, I wasn't going to be the ambassador because I became a, a civil. I, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> the point is, is that everything is leading you where you really want to go and have a little of that faith to know you're in the becoming, you're getting ready to be the person to do the next thing that's coming. You don't know what's coming. You don't know where it's leading. We have attachments to where we think we want it to go and how we think it's gonna unfold. And I know people listening can look back at their lives and think of events that led to something in their lives that made sense later. So how much more fun and easy and joyful can life be if you can go through life knowing that in the moment when something happens and not then- have to wait.
1: Yeah, because then you give up control. Right. And you start living, acceptance. So acceptance, living in acceptance. That's living acceptance. Yep. So there's two, two emotions, fear and love. And fear and control go together. And love mm-hmm. and acceptance go together. So acceptance is really love. And so if you're living in acceptance, just being who you are, authentic, not no, not needing anything to happen, letting life go, being present in the moment, not worrying about the future, regretting or resenting the past, just in that even cool state. Do you think that's a better way to go than to be in fear, trying to manifest what you think you want, always reacting, acting on urges, holding on to control, all that?
0: And you can see, again, evidence of this. First of all, you can see it when you watch, if anyone, everyone who listens knows that I watch Bravo, they know I watch The Housewives. I watch The Housewives and I see... I see the ball, the momentum build when something happens that activates someone, and then they start to control the situation and act out of control and fear and separate. And I think you can see it in yourself. For example, I'm going to use myself as an example. Just this week, right? I've been doing this, and I know I have all this information, and I've been living this path, right? But for example, this week, a mom friend of mine called, and she was asking about our son. My son is 18 months old. He's going to start preschool, and we thought our kids were going to start at a certain time. We thought they were going to start their toddler, me this March. And she said, they're not starting until July or September. So I emailed the school. I said, well, I'll email. And I say, Hey, what's going on? I thought we were going to start. And they said, Oh, you know, we don't know. We're shuffling it around, but because the number of kids, this, that, and the other, a limiting belief was, was activated. And I sought to control. And here I go. And I'm writing emails like, it gets to the point at my very lowest where I say, okay, this would break my heart, but I may have to look somewhere else to go to school. This is not how I prefer it goes. I was trying to control the situation. I didn't like how it was going and I stopped myself and I thought, I actually don't know what's best for my child. My child knows what's best for my child and they have a guidance system leading them. But the point being was I realized I was trying to control. I immediately wrote back and said, I am so sorry. I, I, I realized I'm trying to control this. It's best for me to take my hands off the wheel. Whatever you guys decide, I'm completely on board with. Please forgive my panicking for a moment there. I, you know, I'm a parent. I sometimes I try to do my best by my kids but I, I don't know what's best for them. which is, I know an activating thing to say, but my point being, it happens all the time.
1: Yeah. So now this brings up a, a new subject, which is called the mental construct. So in this, in this area with your son, you have a mental construct of how it's supposed to go. Preschool eight by 18 months leads into kindergarten, leads into this and that and this and this and all the best schools, all this so that he has this perfect life. And that mental construct is highly limited. Because it'll keep you on that train where you think have this ideal in your mind that's not true. I look at it like a block of granite, right? And in that mental construct is this perfect round, you know, marble ball. Mm -hmm. And so we gotta get that granite off of there. You
0: gotta chisel away. Chisel away, right? Yeah.
1: So you have this really rigid set of beliefs in there. So if you just start with this possibility that, hey, maybe my mental construct isn't accurate here. If you can say, oh, no, no, no. I don't know how it's supposed to go. I can make this mental construct malleable. So then all these things come in. Like I was literally this morning reading an article about this woman is doing research on all these kindergartens and if kindergartens is even benefit or preschools even beneficial at all. So they did this study where they had this, uh, eastern tennessee county where they had a lottery system for kids to go to preschool and so some kids went and some kids did not but they followed all the kids through and they found out the kids that went to preschool did worse on sats didn't get into college had way more incidences of of reprimands minor and major and they were everyone shocked right how is this possible and what they think it is is because in the state school system the the preschool teachers are actually regular teachers as well so these they don't have any special you know idea of how to handle small kids well what small kids need is playing and yes. freedom and freedom. then being and being listened to one on one right so this mental construct of the entire country of state funded preschool is good turns out to be totally wrong but it's already in motion you know and it's all happening all over the world and it's, it turns out to be detrimental. This is this mental construct that everyone has about something in their life. And as you can say, well, hold on here, maybe the opposite is true. So we all have a mental construct of right is right, and wrong is wrong, but this new little snippet of an idea came into our physical reality on November 15th, 2013. Mm -hmm. It says for the first time, everything is right. Right. There's no wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, okay. Well, well, how many people, you know, who would ever even consider the possibility that there is no wrong and everything is right because everyone has this rigid mental construct, but that little statement, which somehow we became a vibrational match to eight years ago is now chipping away at that block of granite in at least some people's mental constructs, some people's lives. And when that starts chipping away, everything changes. This, this one huge belief that we have to protect ourselves from wrong and make everything right now is sort of starting to change. And that's, what's going to change the whole planet.
0: It's just comforting. It feels good, which actually brings me to a question about that. When we first started, because we were talking about how to get to the basics and the most underlying principle is how you feel, right? How do you feel? Do you feel good or do you not feel good? What do you say about the people who are so used to not feeling good that they choose to not feel good? You get into that momentum and you get into just a comfortability factor there. Feeling good doesn't maybe feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, well, that's very true and it does take time to get your set point up and up and up and up right but we haven't really been taking control of how we feel so then you start to take control of how you feel and then it sort of snowballs you we just start feeling a little bit better and you go i like this you Mm -hmm. know like i was really like drinking wine at night but i noticed that i didn't sleep and if i had like three glasses i'd have a hangover the next day So I say, I am much more interested in feeling good the next day. So all all of a sudden, wine doesn't even appeal to me. I don't even care about it anymore. It used to be this big thing, like after a hard day, you have some glasses of wine and stuff. And and so it's funny how when you place feeling good as your primary thing in life, nothing else matters, is how I feel now. Then you start to gravitate towards eating better and exercise and being, you know, paying attention to the things you like most and and watching TV shows or movies that are inspiring and music that's inspiring uh, and this whole thing and then now my feed of all life is all feeling good
0: the feed the its algorithm all, has the algorithm the
1: only thing that feels good
0: it's so great it's funny with the drinking I will tell you that for me I wasn't drinking for years because I had I had such a mental construct about my health and my body that now that I've been doing this a long time. And I realized that all those things I used to say about my body are not true. They were only true because I thought them and I thought them enough that I believed them. And then I believed them enough that they became true. For example, if I drink too much wine, <laughs> I have bladder problems, sorry. Hey. <laughs> this is a sexy podcast. And so <laughs> to the point where I had gone to like a doctor who said I had a traumatized bladder. Well, also I had two babies, but the point is, is now I've been doing this enough where I go that none of that is true. And little by little, I released all of those beliefs about myself. And so now I can have an old fashioned after dinner and it's fine. And I feel great. Now I'm not having three, I have one, but it's really nice. You know, (laughs) so I moved in the other direction.
1: (laughs) Well, before it was all about control. Exactly. Right. And so I kept having these manifestation events and and then when yes. you're ignoring them, they go into your body, and then so you can't ignore it. A lot of people who are following Joshua, you know, are in AA. Mm-hmm. And so many of them has realized, oh my God, I'm not an alcoholic. I was in resistance before. I'm totally different now. And they can have a drink and they only care about one drink. It's not that thing. Wow. You know?
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's fact, amazing. Krista's teaching this course of people who were alcoholics, how they can realize that that was a belief system about who they used to be and what their life was like, and they can come to a new understanding of who they are and how life works and realize that it was only there you know, as a crutch to get over their resistance and their fear. When they start embracing their fear, and looking at it from a higher perspective and realizing it's irrational, then they start to feel better and it's like, okay, I can have a drink. It's no big deal. That's the
0: thing. You can really change anything in your life. If you change your perception, the perception of reality is the title of your book. And you've explained to me, the perception of reality is your vibration. Well, if you change how you perceive every aspect of your life to start to believe that you are the creator of everything in your life, then you can create any life you want. You can change everything you have that ability because you're the creator right
1: which is a dilemma because because if you consciously want to change your life to get you out of where you are then you're, that's just a form of control.
0: However, the desire to change your life is what brings people here in the first place. And you will always have desires. And those desires once let's say manifested will always birth new desires. Right. But that's always going to be what propels us. And then you have to sort of keep yourself accountable because in the non-physical, if there's a non-physical, we believe that our curiosity propels us forward, that that's why we keep coming back. We want to learn more. We want to become understand more of who we are so what moves us here in the physical are those desires and yes that is a form of control there is control in it
1: yeah but there would be a love-based desire yes and there would be a fear-based or a lack-based desire
0: that's a good distinction yeah i mean a love-based desire is I want to feel good. I want to connect. I want to. Are we on the same page?
1: Absolutely. I okay. <laughs> mean, anything you're inspired to do. Yeah. So you were inspired to have children. Yeah. Right? Yes. And there, that's that's not to say I'm lonely and I can't live, you know, I need yes. someone to love-based
0: desire versus <laughs> right. a lack or fear-based desire is such a great distinction. Right. Yeah. And also it's the desire of someone to, and this is what you're talking about the million dollars or to get a new job because the job you're in is not feeding you the way you think, or you're not getting the respect or the adoration that you feel you deserve. But if you move to another job with those feelings, you're just going to get more intense versions of those feelings in the next job versus if you feel the perfection, the gratitude, the appreciation for what you are able to and get to do now and then leave, then you are also leaving in love. So it really is about, can you see the perfection in your life as it is now? And it doesn't mean that if you see the perfection in your life as it is now, that nothing more will come to you. You're not saying I'm satisfied with what is, I'm good, move on to the next person, everything is great. You're feeling those feelings of satisfaction and goodness and gratitude. And that's how you open yourself up to receive inspiration, how you can move forward and birth desires born from love and have a good time.
1: So it has to come back to this mental construct where I have to control my reality, I have to effort and struggle to get things I want to accepting your reality, your life, yourself, everyone else, as it is, and then receiving inspiration. So from the higher perspective, all life is good because you expand through all experiences. But most of us are expanding, most people are expanding through suffering and discontentment and manifestation events and nothing's working, right? But they're still moving forward, they're still having experiences and they're still expanding. Fine. But now we're coming to approach life differently where we say, Instead of holding on to this ideal and then efforting and struggling our way to it, pushing past fear to make money and do all these things we have to do, right? To accepting and then receiving inspiration. And then when the inspiration strikes, we'll always feel a bit of fear. But acting on that inspiration, that expansion is exponentially more effective, more joyful, more based in love and everything you truly want. Exactly. So, so we come to this point here. Okay. I've been struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling. Nothing's ever worked. I can't control everything. I'm not happy in this area and that area. Let's just stop, accept, let go of what we think we want, and then start meditating and listening to our inner voice. Quiet the mind, get more present. Realize you're here on a spiritual journey. Everything's working out. You can't make a mistake. You've never done anything wrong. You won't go to anywhere but heaven. It's all gonna work out, but while you're here, why not set yourself up to feel good and to have this limitless, abundant experience and joy.
0: Exactly. And it's so important that you're aware of your thoughts and the way to become aware of your thoughts in order to understand the difference between your inspired thoughts and your control urges is meditation is one of the strongest ways to just learn to quiet your mind, And by the way, we talk about meditation a lot and I'm a very firm believer that there are infinite ways of meditation. I don't believe in a right and wrong of meditation either. I'm sure you don't either. Whatever gets you to to that place of neutral, to that place of detachment from your body, to that place of quieting the ego mind and that chatter. And you'll know when the lists stop and you're not worried about the email you need to write and you're just feeling good. Then what comes, even if it starts as a whisper, those are your inspired thoughts, and you can listen to those and indulge in those, have fun with those, play around in that arena. You don't have to stop your thoughts altogether once you've made that shift in your meditation, which for some people, they need to walk. They need to do something to distract their ego mind.
1: Yeah. When I was first inspired to meditate, it was the last thing I wanted to do. I did not want to sit there and be alone with my thoughts. So that's fear, right? Not wanting to do something that's inspired. So then I heard that Jerry Seinfeld is meditating and all these other people. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I got the Abraham guided meditation. I sat there. I could only go two minutes the first day, but then it was like three minutes and five minutes. And then I was doing the whole 15 minutes. And then I was doing it every day. And then every, every single thing in my life changed after that. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone wants, we have guided meditations from Joshua at the teachings of Joshua.com. There's three of them that are free. So just go there and you can download those. Yes,
0: do that. I've been listening to those meditations.
1: But also there's a bunch on Spotify or Amazon Music, that sort of thing. Well, I was going to tell you, definitely,
0: definitely get Joshua's guided meditations. That's what got me deeper into meditation. Um, My meditation journey was I had started with mindful meditation, which was the counting on the breaths. You're supposed to inhale on one exhale on two and go up to 10 and then start over and I'd end up on 35 and I was like <laughs> get here and then <laughs> I always felt tired uh, then I did just one two I didn't have a good time focusing on the numbers but I did that for a while and it stopped it didn't it didn't stick and I kept knowing I need to meditate and then I would start meditating listening to chants and music and and I had some some success there but then again put it down. And it actually wasn't until I started your guided meditations that I got into a practice every day. And now I'm, I'll meditate to anything. Now I'll meditate to your guided. I meditate to chance. I'll just sit outside the car wash and I'll meditate now that I've been doing it so regularly. I enjoy it. I look forward to it when I am feeling those negative feelings that we all feel the stress, the anxiety of something. I can't wait to say I say to my husband, I got to go meditate to the point now where if my energy shifts or my tempo changes, my daughter, who's four will say, mommy, you need to go meditate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because it's something I grab onto and is, is that control. Yes, it's control, but it is a desire born from love to get back, which is why I love that distinction to get back into alignment. And so it now is something that I need like air. Right, And I feel when I need it and I can drop in because because of your guided meditations, I've had that practice now so strong and um, 15 minutes. And by the way, if you have five minutes, five minutes, and if you're just getting started, like you said, two minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The things that are good about the guided meditations is there's affirmations and there's information there too. It just sort of feeding this three stages of it. The play you know it's interesting because you say well how can i if i'm listening to a guided meditation how can i be aware of my thoughts well you are absolutely and you'll find yourself drifting off in your thoughts and forgetting where you are in the meditation as well but then you can bring your back yourself back to the words you know and then i also do a breath thing while i'm doing it as
0: well i've started doing a breath thing too can we swap breath stories because i haven't told anyone what i'm doing tell us are you first
1: well i'm while i'm meditating I breathe in while they're talking Mm -hmm. and then breathe out and say it again in my head. And it matches
0: the timing of it almost perfectly to each of them. yeah, I love that. Mine's a little different. (laughs) I started, so I was getting, and people on the podcast know this, I was getting a lot of inspired advice that was coming from me, but through other people to tell me to do breath work. And so I started to play around with, you know, Wim Hof, but I didn't like having to be so aware of time and counting. And so basically what started happening was during my meditation, when I start, when I want to go deeper, I do an Ujjayi breath, which is the restricting of the back of the throat, breath of your nose, but also like a breath of fire where I just do hard breaths of fire. And I would say for as long as I can, and then I do a deep breath in and exhale and I hold my breath. And then I breathe and then I do it again. And this is just the breath that I've been doing to get my, and, yeah. it, and I just go right in and it it also it burns off a lot of the leftover negative feelings or whatever's the pits going on or the anxiety. And I can just sort of drop in right away. Wow. <laughs> Sounds crazy. Now, have
1: you ever done a real breath session?
0: No. And I know Jen, Genevieve?
1: Genevieve. Yeah. Genevieve yes. Solomon. So, she's, so she'll come to the... Uh Joshua retreats, and she's a master at breath work, and it is amazing. So I want to do that. It it sounds ridiculous. You just lay there in a group of people. We have this cool old window greenhouse in the back, and so there's 20 people laying down, and there's this great music, and we have a absolutely huge speaker, and you just start breathing, and you go, (sighs) you know, just It's like you have an abundance of air, get as much as you can. Right. Yeah. And just let it go. And you do it for an hour. While you're doing it the first minute or so your ego saying, are you crazy? You can't keep this up. You're, you're going to <laughs> hyperventilate. You're going to hyperventilate. You're going to die from this. And then, and then it goes away completely. Hmm. And then you get taken off on the psychedelic trip that is subtle, but you, that you are literally there. Yeah. Cause your like, brain has no I, oxygen.
0: <laughs> no
1: because you're opening up i think dmt which is in our lungs is being activated Mm. and it's a psychedelic trip it's just like doing mushrooms but you have total control of it as soon as you stop breathing you're back to normal and it's subtle but you're you know the things that you're taking on the things you're shown in this it's amazing it is unbelievable does she do zoom sessions do you think yeah Mm absolutely absolutely yeah. Go. If
0: that was recommended to me as well. And here's the thing, and this is what I want the takeaway to be too. There's no wrong way to do it. You know, if you have an idea of something you want to try, try it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And this, this sounds so exciting. I've, you know, listen, the two things that we can control consciously and also have complete n- no consciousness of that happen anyway, are our breath and our thoughts and eating so, and e- <laughs> <laughs> I will kill you, (laughs) dad. Well, yeah. Have you ever
1: unconsciously ate a bag of chips and didn't realize you ate them?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Or somebody who takes Ambien might be like, yeah, no, that's a thing. But (laughs) (laughs) you know what's funny? I remember my mom saying that that was something about like a Weight Watchers tip that they say, if you're going to sit down and eat a candy bar, to not just eat it unconsciously is to sit and enjoy it. So conscious eating. Yeah. So yeah, all right, we'll Favorite. add eating to it. Conscious eating, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, breath and thoughts, and thoughts thoughts are yep. your entire reality. Thoughts are who you are, where you are, how you feel, what you're doing, who you're talking to. It's everything. And if you can just start to shift your thoughts, and by the way, it, it doesn't happen right away, but even if you sort of, if you just reach for the thought, if you reach for and you say, I know there's perfection here, I don't see it right now, but I'm going to keep reaching. And you call someone. Our friend who you so divinely hooked me up with, her name rhymes with Schmadam Smithers. Um, she came on this know. podcast last week and it was the most epic conversation. And she just, well, you know, anonymity. No, and she <laughs> she called me yesterday. She had an experience. And let me tell you something. It was a giant manifestation event that was absolutely divine. Uh, it was the way that it all came together. The cooperative components that had to come together in order for this manifestation event to happen are a glorious example. It was easy. It was inspired. I have this idea. I'm going to do this thing. And wow, it just led me to something. I really didn't think I wanted. Uh-huh. And she called and we were having this conversation and it was very clear that she's in the becoming. And, and I do believe that she's in this state of which is, some personalities are like this, you know, Shoshana's like this, bring it on. Right. So meaning you want to move through your evolution at a quicker pace, which you don't have to, which means you're going to feel good. And then these giant manifestation events are going to come and they're just there to propel you to the next level. It's a never ending game. You don't have to rush, but it just depends on where people are. And I believe that's what's happening for her. And, you know, she's a writer and the whole purpose was to get her back to the page. This is what's interesting that I wanted to ask you about, because As I was talking to her and telling her this, saying it's just about to bring you back to your purpose, this other thing that you were inspired to do was distracting you. I was having a conversation in my head. I don't know if you do this when you're channeling Joshua or even as Gary, but as I'm talking to her, I'm also having a conversation with, I don't know who, but I mean, I do know who, but I'm saying, okay, wait but she was doing something that's inspired and it's a fun activity. It's just joyful. Like I play tennis. That's like one hour every two weeks. How is that distracting her from the thing? And this voice says to me, oh, no, 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 no. This wasn't just one hour. This was one hour that was becoming two hours. It was becoming three hours. It becoming four hours. And and I said that to her and I said, I'm sorry, I don't even know you like this, but I'm going to just share with you what's coming. And she said, that's what's happening. I was, she was starting to get, and it was a crazy experience for me to be having this thing with her, but then also having this other conversation at the same time.
1: I mean, that's new for you?
0: I don't think I've ever been so aware of it that I'm having- Yeah, because it been there.
1: You haven't been aware of it, it. Yeah, right? I,
0: I think because I felt insecure to tell her what I was saying because I was presuming to know something about her that may not be true. She may have said, no, I was just doing this for like an hour every two or it, three weeks.
1: That's the toughest part. So you're getting- your communication with your inner self who gets all of this, right? Right. And if you think those are your thoughts, you're going to be in doubt of sharing them. If you realize it's your inner self, you're going to want to share it.
0: I mean, I did. I knew. And it was fun to get the validation, (laughs) but I I was still like, I'm going to, but I, it's still, it still catches me off guard. It's still a marvel, but yet it's more evidence. And by the way, if she's listening, which I know she does because she listens to the podcast. Hi. And, (laughs) you're on your way. There's so much and no attachment to the thing, but like, she is so excitingly tuned in and her guides are just not letting her stray from her purpose right now.
1: She is so powerful.
0: I agree. And I am excited (laughs) about it. And it was so obvious, but she knew this is where my point was. It was in the reaching was just that even while she was in this event and having those feelings, she knew there's perfection in it, but was having trouble, was having trouble in that moment yeah. because of her mental construct. Right. So she had so the, the
1: mental construct.
0: So she had that idea to call me because I'm the best. No, I mean, I was <laughs> probably the fifth phone call. But the point was she was reaching. And in this conversation, I mean, you, you hear her voice change, right? It was like completely by the end, different, mm-hmm. different Schmottum. So yeah. different autumn. So <laughs> hi, autumn. So um, my point being that's a that's an example of what I'm talking about, where it, it's sometimes it's just a little bit of faith going, I don't feel good, but I know, I know there's perfection in here. I know it's divine. I'm gonna reach and I will get the in. And in that reach, and she got the inspired. It was enough, it was enough yeah. reaching that she was open enough to get the inspired idea to have that rendezvous with me. Yeah. Not exactly. that I'm end all be all, but it was great. And
1: you you don't understand the amount of fear she has to push past. She told me to contact you.
0: She said, she right? said it just she said, just text her, just text her, just text her. Yeah. And I was so proud that she did. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. when she texted me, I was I was in the shitter myself. I was not feeling great, but I knew the second I saw her, here we go. I'm picking up the phone. I'm here. Let's do it. And it it selfishly did the same for me as it did for her.
1: Well, it's co-creative yes. and you get to practice all this stuff that's coming through now yeah. with another person. And how fun is that? That's really the only thing we care about It's connecting more to people connection, sharing our inspiration.
0: Connection. Connection with other people when you're in that flow is really what we're searching for is the connection to ourselves, our connection, our connection to whatever you want to call it, source, God, inner self, yourself, your being is just connecting and when you are not seeing the perfection you're seeing the imperfection Then you are disconnecting from source yourself you're intervening you're not seeing the perfection it's the inauthentic version of you it's a victim mentality that things are happening to you versus the one strong belief that we are the creator of our reality take that on believe it internalize it see how it changes your life even in a day just have fun with it play with it
1: i want to plug something here okay So we have a new audio book coming out. It's a perception of reality. And we got this person to do the audio for it.
0: To do the narration.
1: It is amazing. You should hear this woman. She's incredible.
0: Okay. I literally, I'm cringing in my skin because I am, I want to redo the whole thing. What did the guy say? What
1: did the the professionals say?
0: He's never seen someone do that.
1: (laughs) right
0: it was reading can i tell you something your book the funniest thing about this i appreciate you have to this is a good plug because everyone if you want to listen to yours truly reading the most profound material in existence it is the reality of per, of perception
1: <laughs> you know it could have been, that, could have been Wait, that what
0: just happened to me
1: it could have been called the reality of the perception,
0: perception. Of, literally
1: that Title was going back and forth the whole time.
0: That's so it, weird. That just came it out could like have that. Been
1: the reality of perception. The
0: per, it's the perception of reality. Yeah. If read, and if you don't want to listen to my voice, read the book. No, no, and I you will want t- to. It it's, is it's fantastic. The fact that you never wrote down notes or chapters, and this thing was downloaded and poured out of you. And you know what? The next time you come back, what we're going to do is, when that book is released, we're going to talk about it because Gary Bodley doesn't remember shit that he said, except that you had to re-listen. And so you probably now are like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like now that you're at a completely different level, you must have absorbed, well, even way more than me. You must have been completely blown away by your own book.
1: I didn't understand it. I just thought I it was mumbo jumbo. I I was, but, but, you having, you know,
0: but we need to talk about it because there's stuff in there about imagination, about there's some insane stuff in there that, I, I want to know what you got from listening to it now. Yeah. Please come back to so we can do that. All Thank right, you so fun. much for being here. Thanks. Gary Temple Bodley, please check out the teachingsofjoshua.com. Get those guided meditations. Sign up for a boot camp. I'm telling you, it is a life changer. It has completely changed the t- trajectory of my life. I definitely would not be here talking to you if it weren't for that and many, many, many other people and many, many other things. Also, his podcast, Joshua Live, which he's about to record in a few minutes, where you can hear Gary Temple Bodley channel Joshua and answer questions and inspire. It will raise your vibration just by listening to it. If you're in a funk, turn it on. It will change the whole trajectory of your day. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being my friend and my mentor and my guide. I love you so much. I love you too. And as always, this is Jackie Sidon sending love.